Father, we continue always before you. You are everywhere. Jeremiah, your prophet, said that you are all everywhere. There is no single space in the universe in which you, are, you, are, you do not occupy it, visible and invisible parts of the universe. Which means, Lord, everything, everyone, everywhere are always before you, in your sight. And you're present here, Lord, with all your power and wisdom and present in our midst. Jesus, you promised to be with us every single day. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. Bring, oh Holy Spirit, this awareness to each one of us right now as we sing, as we pray, as we read, as we hear the exposition of your word. Holy Spirit, you dwell in us and in our midst. And our Father, we ask you again in the name of Christ that your Holy Spirit who dwell in us and in our midst may once more open us, our eyes to see the wonders of your word. May open our minds to understand what otherwise we cannot understand. And our hearts to believe and to trust and to treasure and to obey what otherwise we cannot trust, we cannot believe, we cannot treasure, we cannot obey. And our Holy Spirit move in our, in our midst today in such a way that the meditation of our hearts, and especially, O oh Lord, the words of my mouth, may be pleasing to you. And bring by the power of your Holy Spirit, and as your word, as sort of the Spirit, transformation, desire to change, to be different, and to enjoy living in relationship with your Father through Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, may what we learned this morning, may we be led by your Holy Spirit to immediately obey it, experiencing it as a consequence. And so, let being able to share with others, those who already know you for their edification, those who are not yet acquainted with you, those who are still lost in their sins and trespasses, Maybe hear and maybe share with them so that they may be saved. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Open your Bibles. First Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 22 to chapter 2 verse 3. I'm going to read. Oh, he already put the New King James. Man, you are really. I was going to read in ESV. Thank you for putting the New King James, my favorite version here. Then I'm going to read from the New King James. 1 Peter 1, 22 to chapter 2, verse 3. And my prayer is this. I hope that you not only hear it, I hope you'll see it, I hope you'll feel it. The whole package. Because, for example, you are singing... Is one of my old hymns at the cross. I sang this in Portuguese. For example, how can you sing that refrain? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, 
and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. How can you sing it without seeing it? Without feeling it? Without seeing the cross? I hope that when you were singing that, you were seeing the cross. When you first saw the light, and you felt the burden of your sins rolled away, it's there by faith. I received my sight. I began to see, and I'm happy in Jesus. I hope you see it. You feel it. You hear it. Now let us read now. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love for the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And by the way, to you all. To y'all. That's <laughs> yes, for all of us. Unfortunately, in Portuguese, or in English, they, you hear many times, you don't say, which is you all or just you personally. In Portuguese, we have different declensions then. We know when it's y'all. Footnote, it's not in the text. <laughs> Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies, or like newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word. I know that, yes, we put desire the spiritual milk. But the word is spiritual is logicon. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted, you have savored, that the Lord is gracious, the Lord is good, the Lord saved you. Keep your Bibles open. What I'm going to do is now, I'm going to give you the outline of my exposition. Because if I cannot finish, at least you have the whole outline for you. And I'm going to concentrate in the second part. I'd like you to keep in mind this, that Peter is writing this to several brothers and sisters in different stages of Christian living. Under persecution, some of them. And he wrote that letter even to church where Paul planted who knew Paul's letters for example you keep your Bible go back just to first Peter 1 1 says this Peter the apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims I love this word pilgrims we are on our way home this world is real but it's not my home of the dispersion mean that the diaspora in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are not cities. These are regions. And he wrote to them. 
to strengthen them, to exhort them. And one of the things that he wants them to understand is that to hold on on the Word of God always. Hold on on the Word of God. It's, sometimes I read that and say, man, look at this. He's writing to believers and it seems that he's repeating something that it's so obvious. But so obscure sometimes. So undone. So unexperienced. And therefore, when you come to chapter 1, verse 22, to chapter 2, verse 3, if I'm going to divide it just for your outline, it will be verse 21 to 22 to 25. 1 Peter 1, 22 to 25. He's talking about the centrality and the power of the Word of God, which points to the Lord Jesus Christ, is the gospel as well. The power of the Word to bring new life, to regenerate you, to take you out of darkness into the kingdom of light. To make you a new creature. That's what he talks about. The word as the means by which once it's implanted and you receive it. Has that power to generate a new life in you. A new relationship with God through Jesus Christ. By that work of the Holy Spirit. He said, this word has that power. And he says, I want you to remember that. This word came, was implanted in you as... James says, you received it, and you are regenerated. You were born again. You are a new creature, and you begin to display those evidence. That's the way he puts it here. And the evidence are this in verse 22. In other words, because you have been born again by that word, now you know that your souls are purified. In other words, your sins have been forgiven totally. You know that. You have that assurance. My sins have been forgiven. Now I have peace with God through Jesus Christ who died on the cross, rose again from the dead. Now I have a relationship with Him. My soul is purified. You keep your Bibles there. I'm not preaching yet, okay? Go with me to Psalm 103. And don't worry with the time. If a revival comes, we'll go to you tonight. Don't worry. But if it comes, Psalm 103, the Psalm of David, Psalm, he put this way. Listen, he's speaking to his own soul. Yes, meantime, we have to speak to your own soul. Downcast, whatever it is, speak to your soul. Say, bless the Lord of my soul. Not praise him. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. My eyes, my mouth, my mind, my hair, my body, my hands, my feet, everything here. I want to use it in such a way that will bless His holy name. And then he repeats in verse 2. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all His benefits. And the first benefit that he mentions is who forgives all your iniquities. And for, for, that's what Peter is doing here. The first part is to tell you, let me show you the evidence that you're saved. You know your sins, that your soul is purified. The second is that you want to obey the truth. 
No, you are to grow in godliness, in holiness, in obedience to the word. And third, you're going to love one another fervently with a pure heart. That's his showing. Backwards is practically putting it. And in verse 23, he says, having been born again. Now, the reason why you display this, you know that, is because they've been born again. Now, the means that God uses is the, the second part of verse 23. Been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And he says, God's people, remember, you have a new life because... This word, which points to Jesus, and it's Jesus himself, generates a new, a new life. But, the second part is chapter 2, 1 to 3. The second part, he wants them to remember this. The word has not only the power to regenerate a life, to bring a new life, the word of God, as it's preached and pointed to the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the sort of the spirit that the spirit is going to use. But you cannot grow in your salvation apart from that word either. That's what you find in chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. When he says this, Therefore laying aside all these things, malice, deceit. In other words, you walk with the Lord, doesn't matter how long and how far, you have to keep in mind this. Keep and take, lay aside, put off all this malice, this mean-spirited kind of attitude, this disposition to hurt, this disposition of heart to hurt others. Peter says, get rid of it. Get rid of deceit. In other words, get rid of this desire to lead people to believe what you know is not true. Get rid of it. Get rid of hypocrisy. You know who you are. Get rid of envy like Cain. You know, get rid of this feeling of resentful when someone else is succeeding, you are not. Say, get rid of it. Rejoice with those who are succeeding by God's grace. Be thankful to God. Get rid of if he's speaking, his slander, any speech which harms or is intended to harm someone else's reputation. So get rid of this. But then he comes to the part of our message today, and this is verse 2 and 3. And I have three points with you all. The first point is this. He says, gives a command to God's people saying this. Desire the pure milk of the word. That's the imperative. That's the command. Desire the pure milk of the word. In other words, the word is the one that regenerates you. Without the word, you cannot grow in that salvation anyway. Desire the pure milk of the word. That's the first point. The second point is, Peter, what do you mean by desire the pure milk of the word? And he gives you an illustration. And the illustration is, you should desire... This word of God, like a newborn baby, desires to be nursed. That's powerful. Can you picture it? And third, what for, Peter? And says, so that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious or good, if you have been saved. So that you may grow. 
Keep growing. And it so impressed me that he is writing this to believers. And by the way, this was the mark of the early church, my dear friends. When you open your Bibles, don't need to go there. But in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon God's people, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached, and about 3,000 people converted that day, adding to the 120 people, became a mega church in, at the day of Pentecost. The Bible says this, that God's people at that time, they continued steadfastly, and verse 46 says, Daily, they continued steadfastly daily in the doctrine of the apostles. In other words, in the teaching, hearing God daily. Hearing the word daily. Individually, each one of them, in the context of the house, the homes, because they were having that in the temple and house by house, in the context of the whole church. There was very intensive saturation of God's word. That's the way it went. And in the fellowship, I mean, they care for one another according to their needs. In the worship together, the breaking of bread. And in prayers, they work together. Hearing God, speaking to God. In the communion with the brethren, investing, contributing for the brethren. In the communion of the saints. And speaking to God and about God to others. And the Bible says that, Jesus and the Lord was adding to the church every single day those who are being saved. But the first mark in the soul of the church is that they were together continually, daily in the apostles' teaching, hearing God every single day. Why do I say that? One of the most Serious problems happened among God's people throughout the world. I'm talking about the evangelical churches throughout the world. And I know we had Thanksgiving. And when I was thinking about preaching this, this Sunday here, I was wondering, Lord, what I'm most thankful for. I'm thankful for, for many, many things. But there's one thing that I'm very thankful for that you gave us your word. You gave us your word. Reality is this. I shared at 8 o'clock this statistic. It was a study done by a friend from Scotland, a Presbyterian, Scottish scholar as well. Fergus MacDonald, well known. He's a good friend of Ligon Duncan as well. And uh, I was in Cape Town a few years ago. And Fergus MacDonald, who served... Over 20 years in the Bible Society movement as general secretary, first of the Scottish Bible Society and then of the United Bible Society in Europe. They did a research, and in 2010, I was listening, he was presenting the research there. He said this listen to this. He said this A unique form of Bible poverty afflicts Christians who have the scriptures, but engage with them only occasionally or not at all. How frequently do you spend time feeding yourself from the Word? Or in the Word? And he said this, The Bible poverty 
is caused not by a physical famine, but by spiritual amnesia. In other words, as we have discovered that God's people in general, and you're talking about people go to church. When you think in terms of the intake of the Bible, they are all, most of them, anorexics. Is that the right word? Anorexics. You help me, English, my the fourth language I have to get acquainted with. If you don't understand, that's your problem. <laughs> you should know English better than I do anyway. Listen, it says, in the United Kingdom, one in six church attenders have never read anything in the Bible in the entire church going life. In USA, regular scripture engagement is more common, but over half of all Americans go to church, read the Bible less frequently than once a week or not at all. What about the members of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi? By the way, I'm not here to bring you a burden. On the contrary, I want here to encourage you for something that the Bible tells us, motivates us, and we're just going around our lives as if we don't have it. Let me ask you a question. You don't need to raise your hands. Don't raise your, don't lift your hands. One may be because you'll be lying. <laughs> or because you're going to make other people feel bad. Don't raise your hands. I'm going just to ask one question here. And we go for 1 Peter chapter 2. And don't worry the time. How many of you don't lift your hands? How many of you? Does not matter how old are you in the faith. How many of you here regularly, daily, intentionally, systematically spend at least 20 minutes a day feeding yourself from the Word and in the Word? Don't lift your hands. In other words, when I say systematically, intentionally, now you have a plan. You, you, you got the Bible maybe from Genesis to Revelation, doesn't matter. But you get a, one book of the Bible and say, Lord, this will be, I'm going to meditate on this book till the end. And every single day when I wake up, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier or whatever it is. I'm going to dedicate a time during the day because I want to be fed by you through your Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to read slowly, savoring it. For 20 minutes at least in prayer. And I'm going to finish it. And the next day I'll continue till I go to the end. How many of you do that? Don't raise your hands. Let me go now what Peter is really telling us here. First of all, listen to the command that Peter gives it to the church. The command is this, desire the pure milk of the word. Now, by the way, it is in the imperative to God's people. It always impressed me how in the world Peter, 
Don't we expect God's people to use all the means of grace available to them? Don't we expect God's people to be praying every single day? And to live prayerfully? Don't we expect God's people to be feeding every single day from the Word as a mean of grace? Don't we expect people looking forward to come together to worship you, the Lord, together? Joyfully? Don't we expect God's people to get all the resources that God gives him? Money, whatever it is, to invest for his glory, the edification of his people, the salvation of the lost? Don't you expect people every single day praying for opportunity to tell others about Jesus? Why then you give this command? Desire the pure milk of the word. And I'd like you to keep in mind this. It is not an option. We cannot be passive. It is a command. We need to be active in this. But it impressed me that he gave a commandment like this, like to come to my granddaughter and say, desire to eat. So what kind of command is that? Keep your Bibles. Just go. Listen how the Apostle Paul puts it. Go few pages to Philippians. Paul is in prison, and he writes to the Philippians. Go right back to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12, listen to this. Paul writes to Philippians, he's in prison, says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, because Albert is seeing you, Albert is seeing you, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do something to go in your salvation, to grow in that salvation, that relationship with Christ. Work out. Exercise. What happens when you begin to do that just because God commands? He says this. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's the way we're going to experience God in our daily lives. Let me give you an illustration here. Some of you here have been in the best restaurant in the world. These are the Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> you see, I have someone has been there. And Stephen you said he went last time when he was now in, uh, in Dallas, whatever, for the global mission of PCA. Uh, he went to one of them with Mike uh, Campbell from, was a senior pastor before here. Says, head to the hotel. I said, what is the best restaurant for us to go? Says, go to the Brazilian steakhouse called Fogo do Chão. If you need an address, I can give it to you. That's an experience of all of the world. Now, it's very expensive here in, in America. Now, when I go to Brazil, that was cheap. But when I go to Brazil, I really want to eat. Go to one of those steakhouse. Then I... Morning come, I don't have breakfast. And my mother said, why are you not giving, why are you not eating breakfast? Because I want to go to the Brazilian steakhouse tonight. Comes noon, I don't eat because I have such a desire, such a longing. It's ten different kinds of meat, marinate different ways you can imagine. So only if you get there. 
You know, I might pray every single day, oh, Lord, I wish. I, I want, Lord, when the day comes, when I wake up, I want to have that desire to go to the Word. Because it has to be something of the Holy Spirit. But there are times I'm in Brazil that I don't have any desire to go to the Brazilian steakhouse. I'm sick. Even to mention the place give me nauseous. Isn't that amazing? Just to think about eating, going to there. Say, no, man, I cannot take it. I'm sick. But I have something to tell you. Peter here, and even Jesus, both in the Old Testament as well, God and the apostles, the prophets, always told God's people to seek His Word, whether you are, you want it or not, but because you need it. And many times, I know I, can't, I don't want to eat, but I say, I have to eat to restore my strength and have the desire. My friend, if you don't have that desire, I said, fight it. Fight it and go back to the Word. Till as you begin to meditate and the Holy Spirit begin to use and bring the insights of the Word and begin to feed in you, you find that desire daily, the desire to read and to meditate in God's Word every single day. Now, let me tell you the second thing, that not the second thing, but regarding to this desire, one thing that impresses me. It's not that amazing that God gives a command filled with promise. Why are we living so miserably? One of the texts that I asked to read today was Psalm 19. I could go to many other Psalms. Go to Psalm 1, for example. Psalm 1 says this. Blessed. Listen, this is a promise. Blessed in the sense that, oh, how joyful is the man or the woman or the young person. Blessed. How joyful. That's a state of being here that he's talking about. How blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, there are counsel of the ungodly, but we want to walk in the counsel of God. The counsel of God you find in the Word of God. So blessed are those who are not walking there. And by the way, just a footnote, I'm so, and I'm speaking to my students as well in the classroom, I said, man, it amazes me that how much time God's people are spending in TV and sitcom and movies every single day and with Facebook and with Twitter and with WhatsApp and Instagram. If they were using it to tell people about Jesus, it would be great. But they're not. They're using it to get away from the Word. You have been bombarded with all of this. That's what is feeding us every single day. Nobody here can say, I don't have time to spend time with the presence of God being Fed by him through his word. We cannot say that. But you can see the evidence in your life when it's not there. And he says, He blesses the man who does not want. Notice, his ears is always towards God's counsel. Not stands in the path of sinners means he sees the way that rebellions against people live. They don't want to live like this. His ears and he sees it. No, they don't want to be like Brad Pitts or 
Justin Bieber, Bieber, no, Bieber, whatever you call it. You see these people living their lives, say, oh man, I wish I could live like that. Don't, don't, don't. You don't have a clue. There is no joy of the Spirit there. There is no life with meaning there. And he says, and does not sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, you pay attention to your ears, to your eyes, to your mouth. But he says this, but blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Look at the, look, look the, the promises here. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I have ten more minutes. Go with me to Psalm 9 that we read, but probably you don't even remember what we read. It's not amazing. Desire the pure milk of the word, the Bible says. And we want that, that this God may put that desire in me. Look at the promises, my friend. Psalm 19:7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving what? The soul or converting the soul. Does your soul need revival? Need to be revived? Need to be converted? Go to the word of the Lord. All these expressions here has to do with the word of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect. Go there. The testimony of the Lord, which is another expression for the word of God, is sure. Making wise the simple. Do you need wisdom? Go to the word. The psalmist says, oh, how I love your word. I meditate on every single day. I know more, Psalm 119 says, I know more than my masters and my teachers because I meditate in your commandments. And your people and your children and your young people are going to universities without knowing nothing. Practically. How can they fight that battle? Listen to this. Listen to this. The steps of the Lord are right. Rejoice in their heart. Is your heart down? Go to the Word. God brings joy through the Word to your heart. It's amazing that God says, go to the Word. Go to the Word. Design the Word. Anything as a burden? No, my friend, it's a blessing. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. I am with you, don't fear, says the word. Listen to this. Listen. More to be desired are they, means the judgment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the word of the Lord. More to be desired are they than gold, yet much fine gold. By the way, this is a rich man speaking here. David, the king. And he was telling me this. Elias, if you put before me, what do we want? More house, more money, more gold, more cars, more TVs, more cable. More trips, more yachts, or the word. They've said, give me the word. 
I can't live without a house, without anything, but I cannot live without God's word. And listen, listen, another promise for me to stop. Five minutes I have. Listen more. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. Slap to your feet. And in keep them, there is a great reward. All promise. Desire the pure milk of the word. Now in my five minutes I have, let me tell you. Now that's the command of Peter to us. It has been the same in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 1, the same thing God said to Joshua. Joshua, the only thing we have to be strong and courageous to do according to everything that Moses, most, 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 Moses my servant, ordained you. Don't get to the right or to the left. Keep in the word. Meditate in that law day and night. Don't depart the law from your mouth. In other words, you should know this word. God is telling this to Joshua. You should know this word in such a way that every time you're going to open your mouth to talk about anything, you know that's according to God's will. And unfortunately, I don't know about here, but a lot of our young people today are being filled with banalities coming from Facebook and music, and YouTube, and you name it, and you know it, and they know it. I want to encourage you to go back to the Word, this means of grace that, Mo, that Peter is telling here. Now, let's go back and let me give you the second point. The second point is this. Peter says, desire the pure milk of the word. And you ask Peter, how should I desire the word? And he gives you an illustration. The illustration is simply fantastic. He says, you should desire this word like a newborn baby. Like a newborn baby desiring to be fed by his mother or her mother. Wow. I never got it. What? I shouldn't look for this word. By the way, he, he really used the word newborn baby. This is a, a child, because a child could take a while without eating. It says about a newborn baby. Our oldest son, who is now 41, 41 years ago, he was born in the Amazon jungle. 3.30 in the morning he was born. Can you imagine? It's hot there, my friend. We are in the hospital, of course, in Manaus, but it was hot. 3.30 in the morning the boy was, was born. We left at the hospital, my wife and I, 6.30 in the afternoon of the same day. Can you imagine? We were tired. Got to the place where we are going to stay at that night. And I still remember, I think they fed the little one at the hospital. Gave my wife to feed him. When we got there, they prepared some dinner for us, 8 o'clock, whatever time it was. And we ate and we were ready to sleep. My wife and I, we get there, the little baby is there, John is there, and we're just, when I started sleeping, that boy began to cry. And he cried such in a loud voice that I thought he was sick. And I look at my wife and say, what is happening? My wife, he's hungry. He needs to be fed. And I got him, gave to her. And, but, you know, while I was trying to change his diaper, the guy was crying more and more. I said, man, he's crazy. 
Okay, 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 ma'am, okay, does not matter for them. The milk, milk, milk is what matters. And I still remember, gave to her, and he began to be fed. She nursed him, and after a while, he was just sleeping. Put him back. He said, okay, son, now, you are cleaned, you are fed, we are all dead meat here, mom and I. You're going to sleep. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Huh. My friend, 9 o'clock at night, midnight, 3 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, so on. Then I learned by the first time that newborn babies, with few exceptions, wants to be fed every three hours and sometimes less than that. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. That's not the way I desire your word. Have the mind set always in God's word every single day. Whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to say. And by the way, I learned three things very incredible in him. One, it was the intensity that he needed the milk. He could not stop crying. Is that the way you desire God's word? Say, this day, man, I'm so for the word of God. I cannot get to sleep before I get fed. Is that the way you live your life every single day? The intensity he wants. The frequency impresses me. But the other thing that impressed me very much was after being fed, the satisfaction that he had. And all of this, what for? So that you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, an evidence of salvation is that you desire to be fed by God's word every single day and grow in the knowledge of this word. I have met people say, Dr. Medeiros, I'm not an evangelist like you. Therefore, I need to know a, a method how to share the gospel with people. I said, you don't need to know an evangelist. The only thing you need is the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you all. Y'all! And y'all will be my witness. That's what you need. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to be a witness. But I discovered quickly that the problem of God's people is not that they are methodologically ignorant. They are doctrinally ignorant. They don't know what to say about Jesus because they don't read the Bible. They don't meditate upon God's Word. So that you may grow thereby. In other words, God wants us to grow and God gave us the means by which we grow. Concluding. Yes, that's the time he told me to conclude. A great pastor here in USA. I'm not going to give his name because people began to know. I think what he said is right. They need his name. He said this. Every single day, in every instant of our lives, every day, we operate from two points of views. One is the human. The Facebook one, the selfie ones, the TV ones, the world one. And the other one is the divine. He said the most popular is the human. 
But the most blessful and fruitful is the divine. Don't change it. And God says, desire, I'll bless you. Oh, Father, renew our desires, especially towards your word, to hear you and to talk with you. Because even your word, Lord, guide our prayers, and our prayers guide our meditation as well. But we know, Lord, if we want to pray according to your will, we should pray according to your word. I don't know, Lord, how many of my friends here, brothers and sisters, are anorexics regarding to the intake of God's word. But, oh, Lord, stand up and move us, not you, Lord, but move us to make a commitment this morning. Oh, Lord, from this day on, I don't feel the desire. I'm dry, as a matter of fact, but I'm going to your word, Lord. I'm going to take time every single day to be holy, to hear your word and to obey it, just to feed myself, praying that your Holy Spirit work so that this desire may come back. And I grow every single day in the knowledge and in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we pray.